Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I am TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, kind of a weird day here on uh, Wednesday, January 6th. Um, how are you doing? Uh, well, it, uh, let's just say uh, we'll call it a, a, a coup that we can talk about the Ravens tonight. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I, yeah. honestly, I'm at a loss for words for for what happened in DC today. Um, yeah. Man, I uh, yeah, not not really much to say, but we are fired up to be here and be recording and, and bringing you guys our takes. Um, so slightly different. Uh, let's see. I'm a, I'm a little bit off my game. Yeah, I'm a little distracted by what's going on. Well, but- you know, and, and I'm not trying to totally make light of it. Obviously, we just don't want to make this, uh, you know, we're, we're really here to talk about the Ravens. But obviously, this is, you know, historic events today. So it's a bit a bit crazy. Um, yeah. You know, no, no question. And uh, we'll just have to see how this goes. Hopefully things will calm down over the next few weeks. Um, you know, but we'll just have to see here. Um, yes. But but as as I was alluding to, let, let's chat a bit about the Ravens. So as you were saying, it's going to be a little bit of a different show tonight. Yeah, a little bit different. We do want to take a quick look at week 17, the big win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but we want to also include a review of what happened this year. Uh, it's been a very strange year, obviously, for for several different reasons. Um, but we want to take a look back at the Ravens regu- regular season and not just the regular season. The Ravens qualified for the playoffs. They got the five seed and they will travel to Nashville to take on the well-known Tennessee Titans in the wild card round. And that is going to be a massive matchup the third time in the past two years. And uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about there. So let's talk really quick uh, about the Bengals game. I mean, from start to finish, uh, utter domination. It was, um, yeah, it was it was pretty much a, a open and shut case after the first two drives. Yeah, I mean, it was exactly what we wanted out of the game. We came out of the game both healthy and, you know. In just, the playoffs? In the playoffs, obviously, and just just completely running on all cylinders uh, on offense, which is what we're going to certainly need as we'll talk later against Tennessee. Yeah, the Ravens are hot. Over 400 yards on the ground uh, between J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson, who got to 1,000 yards for the second straight year, the only quarterback to ever do that. So he continues to write his name in the record books. Um Let's see. I mean, Gus Edwards added 60. Mark Ingram added 39 yards. DuVernay had the one carry. Justice Hill had two carries. And Tyler Huntley uh, came in to relieve Lamar once the game was out of hand. But 404 yards on the ground, uh, especially after uh, a Bengals player declared that the Ravens season was going to be over. Uh, Jermaine Pratt was a little uh, ahead of himself there. But who? Who said that? He tweeted, uh, Jermaine what Pratt, was a, he he's, a, he's a linebacker on he, the Bengals. I've never, never heard of that guy. Is he good? 
I mean, you I'm, know, I'm not trying a... to say that, like, I know the Bengals roster like the back of my hand. I don't even remember hearing his name on Sunday. Am I just um, not remembering it? Yeah, or? he was he was running behind a few offensive players, um, running uh, Ravens offensive yeah. players for for most of the afternoon. Most of the afternoon. Yeah, so he had a tough day. Um, on he was, yeah. So uh, I think a lot of the Bengals defense had a tough day on Sunday, um, especially when you you know rack up four oh four on them. I mean that's that's not every day something like that happens. No, Ravens, that's pretty awesome. Speaking of, Speaking of racking up, 40 minutes and 31 seconds of possession. <laughs> I mean, like I like I said, it, it was essentially... At a certain point, the Bengals were just like, all right, guys. It's, yeah, it's, right. We're, we're going the, home tomorrow. Like, yeah. Let's just, come on. Right. I, and, and that had to be part of it. But, you know, I was kind of feeling bad for, for Townsend, our, our punter that we brought in, uh, from the Chiefs, I think he was with the Ravens earlier in the season, um, but he didn't get to punt until two and two minutes left in in the fourth quarter. So, you know that kind of sucks. Uh, he still him, got you to know, punt he, twice, right? He had a pretty, you know, fifty yard average. You know, not too bad. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah he I was gonna well. say. I mean, it would have been nice to see him get some uh, some quality film down. But you know, when you're when you're the Ra- when you're the Ravens punter. As Sam Cook will tell you, uh, not too much action these days. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you I mean, never know. Defense we might look be able good. To trade Townsend now for a third round pick. Well, uh, I speaking of that, I believe Kari Vedvik just showed up on another NFL roster. Oh, really? I believe he's on the uh, Washington Football Team's roster. No the way. The WFT. Yeah. Oh, yeah, kicker and punter for the Washington football team. So, WTF. Yeah, never, wow. never know. Never know. Crazy. But uh, defense looked good at all three levels. Um, not much success anywhere I mean, for the total Bengals domination offense. domination on defense. I mean, we talked yeah. about domination on offense. I mean, the Bengals just could not do anything on offense. Yeah, I'm I mean, shocked that you they ended think. up scoring at all. Right, you got to think this is the same team that beat the Steelers. It's yeah. the same team that just put hung thirty seven on the Texans, right? Yeah. They had out. one, two, three, four, five, six drives and in three plays, and then another drive and in two plays. So I will say T. Higgins blowing his hammy or whatever happened there, I think that that was a big blow. Because he yeah, he's, he he's was good. making a massive play. Now I guess I guess that was called back by a penalty. Yeah, but, but he's good. He can play. He's a good player. I mean, yep. so you can you can see where his impact likely may have occurred somewhere in the game where it might have been a little bit closer of a score. Not that I think he would have pushed the Bengals over the edge, but I maybe they would have scored a touchdown down the line. Um, yeah, you know, but yeah, it was like it was almost like once he got hurt. And then the penalty on that same play, they kind of went, yeah, guys, it's it's not happening yep. today. Can, yeah, Cancun on three. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's, yeah, I mean, not much else to say about the game. I If I had to give a game ball, we're not going to really do that, I guess. Well, I guess I'm doing it right now. I mean, we give could. Give it to J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, uh, you give it to Dobbins, I'll give it to Lamar. All right, easy. 97 yards um, and, and getting over 1,000. 
Yeah, pop of the week, uh, whatever. Actually, there was a play. I wouldn't necessarily call it a pop, but <laughs> LJ Fort like pulled a guy back like three yards or something. It was like at the end of the first quarter, they uh, I forget what was happening, but the Bengals had the ball and and the running back went up the middle and yes. sort of sort of broke through the line and LJ yeah. Fort grabbed him and pulled him back and like threw him back into the backfield. That was awesome. Yeah. Yep. I, I do recall that now. Okay. Let's count that one as a dual pop of the week. Um, there's nothing else to add. I mean, should we move on to our season in review? Yeah, I think it's worth, I think it's worth just talking a few minutes about our season. All right. Well, I guess it starts all the way back with the draft. The Ravens, after this after this regular season, can say that they had a very, very good draft, um, had several rookies contributing in multiple phases of the game. Obviously, first-round pick Patrick Queen, J.K. Dobbins just got our game ball. He's been on fire re- running the ball recently. And um, third-round pick Justin Matabike has been contributing defensively. Uh, for the past several weeks, you know, other guys like Proche were were involved. I mean, Malik Harrison's turns. basically been a you know main cog in the wheel mm-hmm. of the um, both of defense the and special linebackers. Teams. Yeah, he's been I mean, he's been active. Absolutely, like you said, Proche returning punts. Even Duvernay now is getting some mm-hmm. some uh, play on the punt returns. Justin Matabike, even Broderick Washington. I mean, as a whole, yep. Tyree Phillips. Ty- Tyree Phillips I mean, getting starts really as a rookie, yeah. which we were surprised by. I mean, even a guy like uh, Tristan Colon Castillo, who's a you know undrafted free agent, but here's a guy who's already started a couple games at center. Um, now, granted, they were due to you know injuries, COVID, what have you, but he's obviously impressed the the uh, team enough to do that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I it's 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 pretty exciting to see what the Ravens were able to add, uh, certainly through the draft this year. I agree. Yeah, for sure. And then and then, you know, you also have the Earl Thomas departure, which seems like years ago. Um, yeah. You know, that had, that was, who cares? Right. I mean, right. I can't believe that. Who would have thought? I mean, at the time it was obvious. OK, get rid of Earl Thomas. You have to do it. You didn't have a question. But there was still kind of like, OK, I mean, Chuck Clark seems good, but is he going to be able to stay healthy? And. Hey, knock on Same wood. with Deshaun Elliott. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, what did I say? Who did I say? Chuck you Clark. said Chuck oh, I meant, Clark, yeah. I meant, I meant Deshaun Elliott. I'm sorry. But, but yeah, saying, okay, Deshaun Elliott's going to be the guy now, you know, instead of Earl Thomas. I mean, like I said, we were kind of like, uh, I don't know. You know, I think I had a little bit more confidence in Chuck Clark, certainly after last season and the new contract and all that good stuff. But, you know, that I'm surprised that hasn't been – I'm glad, certainly. But in hindsight, I'm surprised that hasn't been more of, a, more of an issue. Yeah, I mean, they've both been really good. Um, yeah. There have been, I guess, some lapses on some, some deep balls and some, some, some coverages. I think some of the, some of the activity at the, in the second Browns game, which we'll get to, uh, you know, showed a little bit of confusion on the back end, but you know, for ninety, you know, eighty-five, ninety percent of the season, they've been incredibly solid, and um, you know, they've they've become a really good tandem back there. 
Uh, I'm just looking through other Ravens transactions uh, that have happened this year that just seem, or I, I mean, this season that just seemed like forever ago, bringing in Derek Wolf, um, extending and re-signing Jimmy Smith, uh, which happened mm-hmm. again, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, adding Bronson Recksteiner. Remember when we were excited about him? Yeah. And, you know, he's not on an NFL roster anymore <laughs> at this Probably point. in a wrestling school somewhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's it's like this has been such a – I mean, we and can't – you, you mentioned COVID, but, like, yeah. there was no – there was essentially no training camp. Yeah. Which adds to – the impressiveness of the rookie class to be able to contribute at the level That's that they have been. Point. That is a great point. I mean, we're we're not giving that enough credit at all. Right. The fact I mean, and and they're in key spots. Are, yeah. Our starting exactly. middle linebacker, our, I guess, at this point, rotating right tackle. Uh, our, yeah. You know. And not even, and not even just, you know, no preseason games and a mm-hmm. weird training camp. They didn't have any offseason. They right. had nothing, you know, mm-hmm. until, you know, they had Zoom calls, basically, until, you know, training camp. Right. It, I mean, it, it's been a wild ride, you know. You, you, yeah. You know, and then, then the regular season starts. You start off extremely hot against the Browns. And then, you know, you're kind of rolling for a little bit. And then mm-hmm. you lose to the Steelers. Um. I'm just looking, yeah, lose to the Chiefs. Back here. Yeah, exactly. you lose to the Chiefs, I mean, right? And and that, that was, was a, a tough that one. was a bummer, but we kept rolling for a little bit. But there still seemed to be, I don't know, there were some there were some questions. You know, the the game against the uh, the Washington football team, I think, was closer than we would have wanted to. You know, there mm-hmm. were even against the Texans, I think there were some moments, even though we beat them 33-16, I, I remember kind of being like. I wasn't real happy with that win. Like, even though we won 33-16. You know, the Eagles win. Obviously, we won, but 30-28 to is closer mm-hmm. than you would want it to be, especially for a team looking back now that that's pretty terrible. Um, right. And, and, and the, the other thing to remember were, was the sky-high expectations that were coming in off of a 14-2 and season where your starting yeah. quarterback is the unanimous MVP. And you don't really lose much except for now that we've we've found out your Hall of Fame right guard tends to be a big deal. Yeah. Lose that. Um, and then shortly there, you know, what, midseason? Was it against the Steelers? So we lost Stanley? Yeah, I believe. Uh, no, I believe it was. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that came. I forget. But, but yeah, regardless, you lose Stanley, you lose Nick Boyle, a long-term deal, and getting excited about that, we yeah. end up losing our cornerstone left tackle for the season. Yeah, let's see. That was he was placed on IR on November first, which means that happened against the Steelers. Yeah. Um. So against the Steelers, so you lose him. You lose your your stalwart tight end Nick Boyle against the Patriots. You lose to the Patriots, who were awful this yeah. year. Which so sucks. think about and, that. So we lose to the Steelers and have the double blow of losing Stanley on top of it. Now that was right. also. Then you come back and beat the Colts. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Steelers game was also our COVID game, correct? That was the second. No, COVID. that was yeah, the, the second. 
But there was something second. weird about was it? There was something weird about the first one too. I guess not. I guess it was just Stanley getting hurt that just killed us that game. Um, but then I remember the Colts game not being real happy with how we faced the Colts. Quite frankly, I mean, even yeah, again, that was even the worst we first won, half of offense. Oh yeah, I mean, we won yeah. twenty-four to ten, but it was not a great showing in that twenty-four to ten. And then, like you said, we lose to the Patriots. In that well, monsoon, losing Nick Bale, Nick Boyle, and then the slide starts. Right, and then you know, so that was that stretch of three straight losses. Um, so you lose and so, the demor- demoralizing loss to the uh, to the Titans, with right. letting letting them come back at home and kill us. Um, that that hurt. Yeah. Um, that was that was one of the games where where you look back at this defense and you say, well, you know, guys, we gave you a lead, and yeah. uh, you know, didn't <laughs> didn't really do now, much that, with it. Brandon Williams wasn't playing that game. Clayus Campbell wasn't playing that game. There were injuries. Yeah, which, you know, which we'll get into in our preview. Earlier, mm-hmm. And you know, Derrick Henry's making some big runs, and who's on the defensive line? You know. Broderick Washington and Justin Matabike, no offense to them. Jelly Ellis. And Justin Ellis, exactly. You know what, that's that's not the defensive line we want to put out there against the Titans on Sunday. Right, and and <clears throat> they will get snaps for sure. But oh, yeah. oh, splitting yeah. time is different yeah. than being out there every down because you don't have the depth and you don't have your stars. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, we would be remiss without mentioning the whole – uh, coronavirus outbreak that had the team uh, pretty much in shambles when, as we as we finished that game with the Titans and then you know the game against the Steelers the second game gets postponed three times you, you play Wednesday night football uh, well, Wednesday afternoon two, really we, yeah Wednesday afternoon football you end up playing Tuesday on Tuesday and then you play on Monday and then you play finally play a regular game on a Sunday and uh that loss against the Steelers, just like we were hoping for, kind of in my mind seemed like the turning point for me uh, for I the regular season. Because uh, a lot of people were very down. <laughs> Ravens sitting at six and five, uh, a team that you had at fourteen and two going into the to yeah. the regular season. I had them at twelve and four. I don't think anybody expected the Ravens, based on where they were in the schedule, to be at six and five. And that's when kind of a little bit of uh, pessimism and a little bit of dark clouds seem to be hanging yeah. over Baltimore. Saying, it was, this but is to the quote, year. remember, to quote Ray Lewis, we're just pissed off for greatness. Right. You know what I mean? We're just mm-hmm. pissed off for greatness. So we still need to look at this team and appreciate them because as you're alluding to, then they went on that stretch of that winning streak to, to close out the season. And, you know, we saw a different Lamar Jackson. We yes. saw a different offensive line. We, we saw a different team. I don't know that we saw a different defense. The defense has kind of been the same. But certainly the, the, on the offensive side of the ball, there's been a massive difference. And it's not just, you know, it's, it's been a combination of that offensive line gelling and and Lamar kind of finding himself again. I think it it you know you don't want to 
to say it was a good thing he got coronavirus, but you know, it, it him sitting out and you know watching somebody else quarterback his football team and everything else, it, it, I think, really stoked some fires. It did. It did. And and him like just like you said, him sitting out and watching somebody else play quarterback and ev- watching everybody else play so hard and barely lose to a essentially full strength Steelers team. Uh, you know, they were missing a couple guys, too. But, you know, to barely lose on the road to a to a bitter rival, um, you know, that's like you said, it stoked the fire and he retransformed into the, the the Lamar that we saw last year. He was playing a little bit more free in my mind, a little bit like he was loose, he was decisive, and he was dynamic. And I think earlier on in the season, though those dynamic plays were there, it wasn't necessarily hesitance, but maybe like a little over-analysis is what it seemed like. So he wasn't at that decisive devastating offensive player level but as you saw over the past five weeks cowboys browns jags giants and Bengals, he got back there the fewest points scored over the past uh five weeks was 27 and that you know that's going to be at the top of the league uh put up 38 on the Bengals, put up 40 on the jags we put up 47 on the browns I mean, the offense really took off after that week, um, and and Lamar was at the heart of it. The offensive line gelling was at the heart of it, and a little bit of innovation by Greg Roman, who who was much maligned for a lot of the year, uh, was behind a lot of that, too. That's a really good point. I mean, you know, you saw the, you know, not just the reinvigoration of Lamar for probably a lack of a better term but you know that the recapturing of the magic maybe is a better way of of putting it for Lamar but then like you said some of those that added wrinkles that needed to happen the evolution of this running offense with Lamar and with some of these new offensive weapons is now taking shape was it was it by design? Meaning, were they holding back J.K. Dobbins for a reason so he would be fresher now? I hope so. I don't know that that was necessarily. Uh, yeah, I'd like to think. I'd like to think that was the thinking, but uh, maybe I, not. I would like to think that was. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I I I, I want to give them that much credit, but considering the other running backs are good too, but. It's obviously going to benefit the Ravens regardless at this point because he is fresh, he's hot at the right time. And all these motion plays with him getting a running start where suddenly the defense quickly has to say, is this J.K. Dobbins at full speed or do we need to look at Lamar? And that is incredibly deadly. Um, I that that changed everything for the offense. I mean, especially these last couple games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, credit to Greg Roman on that. We also mentioned the offensive line, Ronnie Stanley going down, but Orlando Brown Jr. playing left tackle at a Pro Bowl level. 
has been an awesome, awesome turn of events, not only for the Ravens, but for him, because we've said it week yeah. after week, he's earning himself some money. He's going to go and play left yeah. tackle for somebody. Um, I mean, that's been an awesome growth for him. You know, he continues mm-hmm. to be, you know, one of the best offensive linemen in the game. And, uh, you know, he's it seems like in... a great dude, too. Yeah, I right. mean, good dude. Think about this kid who was so maligned during his combine workout. Basically trashed to the point that he drafted the third round, even though his tape at was first college, round. Yeah, was first round tape as a tackle. I mean, mm-hmm. and and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, he was a left tackle in, in college. Now they were all saying he'd probably be a right tackle in the pros, but I believe he was still playing left tackle in college. And the fact that he, it, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But regardless, it was, he had first round tape as a tackle. And he completely fell and has now turned himself into an absolutely fantastic Pro Bowl level player at not just right tackle, but also now left tackle. I, I mean, I don't know how the Ravens keep both Ronnie Stanley and Orlando Brown Jr., but. I hope they figure out a way because having those two guys protecting Lamar for the long term, that's, I mean, that's you're, Super Bowl. You, yeah, you're right. He he did play left tackle in college. The only reason he's playing right tackle is because we have Ronnie Stanley, Ronnie who's, Stanley. you know, arguably the best, maybe top two left tackles yeah. in the game when he's healthy. So, yeah, I mean, he's... It, Orlando Brown Jr. has been awesome. Um, we, you know, we, we had the whole snap gate with Matt Skura you know, yeah. in the middle of the season. You know, who's going to play center? And now um, McCarry is a little bit banged up with his back. But uh, TCC, I always is it Colon Castillo or Castillo? Yeah, Colon Castillo. Okay, yeah, Tristan Colon Castillo has filled in nicely for 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 the time that he's been out there. And yeah. the adjustment at right right guard to start Ben Powers has worked out really nicely as well. I mean, every chance that Ben Powers has gotten, he's been pretty good. So, you know, while he may not be Hall of Famer Marshall Yanda, I mean, he's, he's yeah. been so more than so just good. fine. Yeah, he's been more than so, just yeah. fine, like you said. So yeah. the Ravens having some success with those Oklahoma – uh, lineman, Oklahoma tight end with Mark Andrews, who had another very solid yeah. year. My guy, Amando. Um, it, it, it's been really impressive. You know, uh, you know, if we make our way over to the defensive side, Marlon Humphrey has eight forced fumbles as a corner. Crazy. Crazy. I mean, it, like, again, things like that seem to just not. And it probably could be more, quite frankly. Yeah, right. And, and it could be more recovered ones, and some have just happened to roll out of bounds. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like exactly. just get unlucky. You know, and, and then Marcus Peters, who's been out for a few games, has several interceptions this year. Um, you know, just the defense, you know, you add a guy like Clayus Campbell, both uh, talent-wise and character-wise, to bring on, bring along guys like Justin Matabike and Broderick Washington, you know, just bodes well for their futures. And 
Let's see. I mean, who, like, who else? I mean, is how there? about a mid You lose Tavon Young. Yannick and Gakwe. I mean, yeah, yeah, big trade. Yeah. There's a lot that happened this year that, you know, you kind of forget over the course of 17 years. You, you forget mm-hmm. with everything else going on in the world. I mean, or even shoot, just think about the, the season of moments in the Cleveland game alone. Right. Right. With the, you know, diarrhea gate. You know, or cramp gate, however you want to <laughs> describe right. it. You know, and then you know the the uh, you know yeah, Trace McSorley coming yeah. in and and getting a big first down, and then you know unfortunately hurting his knee, but you know he's eligible to come back off IR now, so that'll be an interesting decision to see what the Ravens do. Yeah. Him, Trace McSorley becoming a TikTok sensation. I mean, nobody saw that coming, but I know, have not are. seen this. Is he a TikTok sensation? I don't have TikTok. Yeah, he is. So back when he was at Penn State, some kid, some other Penn State student made a song about Trace McSorley, <laughs> and it became a, a TikTok, TikTok sensation. Like, he was, he was all over the place. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not big into TikTok, but I I do know that that is a thing that happened. Interesting. But, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean he's all over the place. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah, I, the, I the emergence of TikTok, Tyus Bowser. I, I have to admit, TK, I, I explored TikTok for maybe a day because I had a okay. buddy that was like, "Oh, dude, this is great. You got to do try it. It's fun." And. I gave it a day and decided that I was at 41, not a TikToker. Maybe I, not the I, maybe I, not the target. Yeah, target I wasn't. I, I'm not the target target audience for that. I mean, there's some things. Look, I'm not trying to say I'm old, but that that wasn't. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not the the target audience for that. So, do you remember uh, a while ago there was a chance that they were gonna ban downloading tiktok yeah on, uh, that's that's the other thing that, that yeah I know so that's that's TikTok. when i yeah. that's when i downloaded it. i was like oh man like maybe <laughs> Actually, I think maybe it was shortly after that too because my buddy was like hey dude you gotta try this and i was like are you sure are we gonna get like uh you know hacked by the chinese you know what's going on here but yeah uh, i don't know i yeah <laughs> right uh so yeah that, that's my tiktok experience i know uh, that Trace McSorley was famous on there, and that there was a possibility that it would and get that it might get banned. So then, yeah. I, yeah. So then I just downloaded. Then it you got to get it at that point. Well, right, exactly. Yeah. Right. That might be our but, only way to, uh, you know, communicate via TikTok pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough, enough. Anyway, like I was saying, Tyus Bowser's emergence. For yeah, a long time, he was that? leading Great the point. he was leading the league in uh, I'm sorry, leading the team in interceptions. He had big sacks. He had a huge interception again in the in the Cleveland Browns game. I mean, at the beginning of the year, you know, I pointed out like I want him to have the season that prices him out of the Ravens range because yeah. we'd seen it with Pernell McPhee, we'd seen it with um, Zadarius Smith. I just wanted and and Paul Kruger is another example. But like, mm-hmm. I just want it to happen for him because he had had such a slow progression. You know, you know what? I want to see it exactly like Paul Kruger. You know what? Why I say that? Why is that? 
since he left after we won a Super Bowl. Right. So if he can make a big impact on a Super Bowl run, because if you remember, Paul Kruger was nasty in that Super Bowl He was Bowl really run. good that year. I mean, really if that's good. Bowser, you know, not I'm bad, man. I'll take it. Right. But, like, he did it. You know, he, he made the jump he to be a really, really good player, you know. And, and you know, like you said, Yannick Ngakwe, and hopefully he's healthy enough to come back uh, against the Titans. But, you know, there were just so many players that had really good seasons, in which you need to go 11-5, and five, uh, because that's not the easiest thing in the world to do yeah. in, in the NFL. And, uh, you know, it was really nice to see. And on the other side, there were some disappointments. Um, Marquise Brown, you could say maybe a disappointment based on where the expectations were coming into the season. And we saw all those, you know, workout videos and how hard he was working. And we were like, oh, man, this guy's going to go nuts this season. And that didn't turn out to be the case. But he has certainly caught fire recently. He had two touchdowns against the Bengals, um, you know, despite another drop that we would like to see him bring in. But, you know, maybe not the season that we were expecting. Miles Boykin also heating up as of late, but maybe not overall the season yeah. that we would like to see from from a big body receiver that we drafted high. Um, who else? Was did well, we expect same, more same out of? thought with even though he's still on the positive side in respect to the rookie class, it, you know, or or I should say they really, you know, Prochet and Duvernay, their lack of yeah. real involvement in the offense, I think that's disappointing. Not necessarily disappointing on them, you know, maybe some of that's on the coaching staff. I mean, I'm not sure whose fault really that is, but um, certainly that's a disappointment overall. Um, you know, and, and as you were saying about, you know, Marquise Brown, I, I mean, definitely it's a disappointment because, like you said, we were all hyped up for for all these COVID videos we kept seeing seeing of him working out and bulking up and, you know, all of his practices, you know, with in a field with Lamar and, you know, all that. You know, we, we bought the hype, you know. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he didn't follow through with, what really we wanted. Now, I will say, my opinion of him is always going to be, of course, impacted by the other guys we could have taken. You know, because we took him as the first pick, first pick as a wide receiver, rather, the first wide receiver pick in that draft, any other wide receiver taken after him is going to be looked at as a major mistake if they're better. And we might have a couple in A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. So, that's my biggest disappointment is we're not seeing him elevate himself to the level of these other players. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, for sure. I, I think his biggest win is having a healthy regular season. Um, sure. I'll give you he, that. He did, he did approach 800 yards receiving. He, he ended up just shy of 770. He had eight touchdowns, which is more than last year. He had, you know, 13 catches for more than 20 yards, four catches for more than 40 yards. So, not terrible. Not, not terrible. Ter- like, it, not like just relative to number one wide receiver. Yeah. We drafted him in the first round in front of all these other guys. You know, come on. Yeah, it's just different. It, it's not, yeah. you know, just not different expectations, different than the expectations that we had for him and different than what we saw from. Uh, guys like A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. But 
Um, his peers you know, still are not in the a same bad, draft like, in a vacuum, not, not a, a bad terrible season player. He's not a terrible player, and and you know, but he still is more a number two wide receiver deep threat than the guy I want to look at moving forward as this is our number one guy. Sure, I think that's that's acceptable, or not acceptable. That is, um, and and you know, while that's certainly an acceptable yeah. NFL career, and mm-hmm. I'm certainly not, you know, we'd probably be happy with his career results if he played 10 years with the Ravens but is that worth the first round pick if two of the other guys are Hall of Fame players well right you know I mean and and like you said he's always going to be compared to the other guys in his draft just like you know other players are Lamar's always going to be compared to Darnold and Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield you know it's not going to be any different for um, Marquise against those other big time wideouts um, so the other the other thing, maybe more personally or or more emotionally disappointing, was kind of the disappearance of of Mark Ingram, uh, because we were both very fond of him, both as uh, his his running style and just his presence uh, on the team. Um, his his role was significantly cut this year uh, due to the emergence of Gus Edwards, who we've managed to go. 38 minutes without mentioning him uh, he has been terrific this season both running catching blocking uh, doing all those things but Mark Ingram was it seemed to be at the um, at the lesser end or, or he got the short end of the stick when when Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins emerged he did you know and I also find you know this kind of popped in my head as you were bringing this up I wonder how much now, I know he got hurt a little bit, too, at times. And, of course, he got COVID. Um, but, you know, I wonder what the situation with Ingram would have been in had Lamar started the season more like he's playing now. Where, and I say that in the sense of teams would have been dealing with Lamar a little bit more and maybe Ingram would have been a little bit better. You know, I think, I think obviously there was going to always going to be a natural progression this year to JK Dobbins, but with Lamar not, you know, having quite the magic that he has now, that allowed Gus Edwards to get a better opportunity to really show what he could do. And he took full advantage. And it's and it's a darn shame for um for Mark Ingram. I mean, big trust. I know that's really Lamar, but that will forever be Mark Ingram to me. Um I like you said, I mean he was such an emotional part of one of the most fun Ravens teams to ever watch in last year's team. So for him to not be that same presence that he was is, is I almost feel like there's something missing. You know what I mean? From post-game interviews, not having Ingram there to spice him up. Yeah, certainly a very unique personality. You know, you, you see these other guys come I can't up and wait they're, they're very broadcasting. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he seems like he's built for that. He has his uh, yeah. podcast with Cam Jordan, uh, his his ex teammate from the Saints uh, now, and you know, he just seems like primed for for that kind of role. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just there was a different energy when when Ingram was very involved yeah. last year, and you know, he got him dancing, he got him in the in the post game, and you know, things like that were were just slightly different, which I I kind of miss, and maybe that's where you know, the disappointment comes in and. Like you said, nothing bad to say, obviously, about Dobbins or Edwards or even just Justice Hill, who's had his moments. It, yeah. it popped into my head, just just another Ingram anecdote, just about, there's this video of him, I remember when we first signed him, of him getting, like, tackled by a yeah. like, FBI drug dog or something like yeah. that, and he's, like, all in the suit. And he, like, gives a breakdown of the whole thing of, like, what's in his head or something as he's doing that. And it is one of the funniest videos I have ever watched in my life. And I was so, I remember just being kind of tickled that, like, he was going to be a Raven because I, I, you know, I could tell he had a fun personality. And it was so cool to see that you know, express as much as it was able to last season. So, you know, no matter what, I mean, I, I, I wish Mark Ingram all the best. I mean, certainly he's still a Raven right now. I, I have a feeling he may not be, you know, once, once the, you know, the cut down start happening, but you know, that's he, man, one of my favorite Ravens ever, you know, there's certain characters that, you know, come through the team over the years, you think about the, you know, Tony Siragusas and, you know, the certainly the Ray Lewises and these big personalities. And, and it may be a short tenure, but how fun was that tenure? I mean, man, great, great personality and great player. Yeah, he'll, he'll be remembered uh, for a while, for sure, uh, despite like like you like you predicted and that I agree with a a shorter tenure with the Ravens um guys that you expected to be good that just ended up being good Justin Tucker I mean continues to yeah. be the best in the league he had the huge kick against the Browns what was that 55 yards for the game winner um you know it was just solid all season long he's another pro bowl nod so i mean he was he was good uh John Harbaugh, I think the job that he did. Wink Martindale, I think the job that he did. And Greg Roman adjusting, you know, all yeah. very, very impressive uh, performances by the coaching staff. Chris Horton in his second year as the special teams coordinator after uh, Jerry Rosberg retired. The Ravens are at like number two in the league in, in, in total special teams yards. So, you know, even that aspect of the game, the Ravens are really good. And of course, you know, John Harbaugh, you know, he used to be a special teams coordinator. I'm not sure if you ever heard that. Really? Is that, is that his history? I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Before he's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I just thought he was the DB coach for the Eagles before we are. No, no, no. He got special teams. Weird, weird. Yeah. Very weird. But anything else to add to our season recap here? I mean, there was just so much that happened. Gosh. So it was only four months. We're forgetting. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're forgetting. You know, some major moments. I mean, you know, I, you know, one of my disappointments are, let me say this, or I, I think while he certainly has still been impactful, I, are you disappointed in Calais Campbell's season? 
Hmm. Just because of the I mean, wise. not that it's his fault hmm. necessarily. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to blame him for that in any way, shape, or form, but just the fact that, you know, he was injured and always trying. I mean, certainly he, you know, has the heart of a lion and played hurt and all that stuff. But, you know, how do you feel? I am I'm I'm very high on Clayus Campbell. Despite him missing games, you know, he is 34 years old. So I think that was, yeah. um, you know, he, he missed, he, he ended up missing three games uh, for the Ravens. And, and unfortunately, it was a very key one against the Titans and another key one against the Patriots. But, but he's playing the most key one, or at least we believe. Yeah. On right. Sunday. So he seems, so he seems to be on track to play Sunday against the Titans. I think, um, he made an immediate impact. I don't know. I don't know if you remember this. The first drive against the Browns, he had a pass batted down. He, he mm-hmm. made a tackle for a loss. He had a pass batted down, and then he had a tip ball that ended up in an interception. So he made that immediate impact, and then he was just kind of solid throughout. And yeah, he seemed to be an incredible influence on Matabike in particular because we've seen some. Uh, seen more of him than Broderick Washington. So in that sense, I'm not disappointed in the least with what uh, Campbell has brought to the table. Um, if you remember, he had three sacks against the Eagles in what, what ended yeah, up being a close right. game. So that, that turned out to be huge. So, um, yeah, I, I'm very pleased with that acquisition. He has, he has one more year with us, I believe, uh, based on his the extension that he signed. So, you know... I think that the Ravens will be happy to bring him back next year, uh, just because I would of positive so. influence. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, not disappointed. Is is I would agree. I would agree. I think overall he's been, he's been as as advertised. I mean, we can't expect a player of that age to be, you know, the the Pro Bowl Calais Campbell of old. Um, I mean, if he is that, I think bonus. But you know, if he's been everything we could have wanted him to be, I think, realistically. And uh, like you said, his a lot of his benefit is probably what's going on behind the scenes with guys like Matabike and Broderick Washington that we're not seeing. You know, you, you see the remember those clips from training camp where he was like, all right, you guys are sticking with me and following me around everywhere I go. You mm-hmm. know, and so that, that kind of stuff, I'm sure it's still happening. And like you said, I mean, you you got to imagine that's been a great influence on Matabike and why we're seeing so much more of him. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree with that. Um, the other guy, maybe, I don't know, if you're, um, I don't know, anything else to add on the on the regular season? Because if not, yeah, we got a great segue. Yeah, let's go. Great segue. The other guy that the Ravens added up front uh, to help after getting fairly embarrassed by the Titans on the ground last year was Derek Wolf. So Derek Wolf and Clayce Campbell were the key additions to the front in the offseason to make sure that what happened in the playoffs last year never happens again. Clayce Campbell and Brandon Williams, you mentioned it before, were out the first time the Ravens played the Titans this week. How big of a difference does that make to have them both available on Sunday? 
I think it's massive, mainly because you think about the fact that the Ravens were winning the game late and then fell apart and the defense got tired, and that's when Derrick Henry took over. And you know what the problem was? The defensive line wasn't able to rotate as much as they normally would. So now that you have guys like Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams to add into that rotation, not only does it add their talent, it just adds their minutes. And both are are absolutely gold value. Yeah, absolutely. Having those two guys back is huge because the first time uh, we played the Titans back in week 11, uh, Justin Ellis ends up playing 83% of the snaps. And that Mm. is quite a bit higher than any of his totals from the rest of the year. Um, While he is a good rotation uh, defensive lineman, maybe not at the level against an offensive line and Derrick Henry level to play 83% of the snaps. The other guys that are playing are Matt Abike, who played 47% of the snaps. Uh, Broderick Washington, another rookie, playing 41% of the snaps. It just it just did not add up. The depth was not there. But having both of those guys available, Brandon Williams at the nose tackle has had an awesome season, sliding back to his natural position. He should be a key addition uh, back to that rotation in this game. And, of course, we've been talking about Calais Campbell for a while. Having him, his experience, and um, just his big body to rotate in and out uh, will be key as well. Derek Wolf, of course, has been um, a silent but massive contributor on on the defensive side, especially when both of those guys have been out. He's been kind of the... Um, He's been the rock on that yeah, line yeah, all season. Yeah, yeah, he's been there all year, and he's been reliable all season. He's been very yeah. good all season. He's the guy. You can make a case he's, he's bigger than he's been a bigger signing than Calais Campbell. You could you could make that case. I, I was going to say at the at the end of that Titans game, if you remember, the shot on the field after Henry uh, ran for that touchdown in overtime was an exhausted Derek Wolf. And like mm-hmm. that image is just seared into my memory because he has put everything into this season, into this defense. And for him to get those two stars back next to him, I think is going to make a huge difference in that ground game. Now is Henry, is Henry going to get his most probably. likely he probably. will eventually have a good game just the way that that offense works the way that he keeps leaning on you the way that it happens he will have his impact but the formula is out there can the ravens make ryan Tannehill be the one to beat them because in every game that the titans have lost they have been behind and they haven't been able to resort to that running game as much because as the criticism goes about the Ravens is that, you know, their offense isn't built to come from behind. So that has been the formula this season. You know, we most recently saw it with the Packers doing it to the Titans and kind of taking them out of their game. But um, that's going to be a huge key. I, I yeah I I mean it 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 will be I I mean I I don't know man I mean there's so you know you talk about stopping Derrick Henry you know I like you said there's he's gonna get his you know I mean I guess he will 
There's but no way around the it. thing that I worry about, you know, and this is just me being nervous Ravens fan, is, you know, Tannehill and those wide receivers, man. Corey Davis and A.J. Brown really give him some weapons that even last year we didn't really see them have in the playoffs. And, you know, I guess Corey Davis was on the team, but I don't know that you, he really still had his breakout this season. I mean, and, yeah, I don't know, and Tannehill still killed us. I mean, you think about mm-hmm. I just keep looking back to that playoff game and, and with a with a just rock in my gut, man. And I I I wanna I wanna see this 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 it, it in a lot of respects, we talked about this last week and I I think probably a, a bunch of times, you know, I because I, I, I like that. You know, the 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 theme of the season and you know how the storybook happens and all that and you know, this is that stepping stone the Ravens are going to have to take. It's set up perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to beat the Titans. Here's here's that, you know, okay, just like we always had to beat the Patriots or the Steelers or whatever. Here's our here's our step now. They seem to be our obstacle that, that continues to show up. Can Lamar do it? Can he take that next step? I mean, it's it's it's. I, I hope so. I I it just they're they're a good team. Yeah, for sure. And and you, like like I was alluding to, getting ahead early uh, is very important. In no, the week not. eleven game. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I mean, I guess you know it is. I, I'm not trying to discount what you're saying. I just mean that you know it, it was also that was also important last year. And look what happened. You know, how quickly did the Ravens last year get behind and then completely abandon any and all semblance of what their offense was? You know, I guess that's what I worry about is if that same thing happens, are we going to see the Ravens be calm and keep doing the jet sweeps and the stuff that's amazing that seems to work? Or are they going to clam up and start throwing deep balls to the marquee. You know? Well, so that's that's the thing, because in, in the week eleven matchup, the Titans did go up early. They scored a touchdown on the first drive and it was quite easy for them. It, um they got it down to the one yard line and punched it in. But the Ravens early on kicked a 30-yard field goal and a 27-yard field goal instead of so we got down to the Tennessee 12 and we got down to the Tennessee 9 and ended up kicking field goals both times so even after all that we were down 7 to 6 instead of potentially being up 14 to 7 14 7 whatever right so that makes a difference I think that's going to be a huge key is you know Lamar is is so good in the red in in the uh, yeah in the red zone you have to be efficient in the red zone because you, you like that's your best opportunity to put uh, the Titans in a position that they don't want to be in. That's going to be a huge key. Um, you know, Lamar is, is, like I said, very, very efficient in the red zone. He has close to a league record, if not a league record, touchdowns without interceptions in the red zone. So, I mean, he's been really good uh, for his, for his career so far, but um, you know, scoring touchdowns there is going to be important. And, and that's my main note from 
that previous matchup is that we ended up kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kicking field goals is not going to work, especially, like you said, Tannehill, you know, with those play-action passes, those play-action deep balls that seem to either be connections or draw really long pass interference penalties against our, our corners, uh, you know, that's they're going to make you pay with those. So that's going to be the key, score touchdowns instead of kicking short field goals. That, that's that's uh, that's how I feel about no doubt. I mean, I think I think the other side of the coin is too. I'm on offense. Is just Lamar needs to have a good game. He needs to have it mm-hmm. regardless of what happens. I don't care if the Ravens. I mean, I do care if the Ravens lose. But even if even if the frustration continues, as far as playoff losses, it can't be because Lamar played poorly. Yes. You know what I mean? Just for yep. his sanity, it need, he at least needs to play well. So it's it's not this, oh, Lamar doesn't show up in the playoffs. Even if we lose, he needs to have a good showing because that monkey needs to get off his back quick. Yeah, and, and you know, almost all of last season there was talk about, like, yeah, we got to get the, the playoff, you know, bug out. You know, we got to have Lamar win in the playoffs. And there, by the time we got to the playoffs as the one seed, like, for the one, one seed for the first time in franchise history – there was so much pressure on Lamar in that game yeah. that, uh, you know, it, it's not easy. <laughs> so I think some of that pressure needs to be, you know, taken off of his shoulders. Just day. go yeah. the, the same way that he's been playing these last five weeks, loose but decisive and lethal yeah. is what he needs to do rather than going back to what we saw from the first half of the year where he was still like pretty good, but not MVP. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I mean, you, you know, know, people, I, and I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but I, I, I get so frustrated with this too. And I know I'm the person that's bringing it up, but you know, all the, the, the crap he gets for these playoff performances, like all these playoff performances, it's like, you know, two games. Right, and he's twenty-three years old. And the first was when he was a rookie, and like hadn't even started the whole season. Like you know, mm-hmm. like, no, right, right. Wait a minute. Of course, like you have to look at it and go, well, of course he's gonna have a real crappy playoff game in his rookie year. You know, I mean, he actually mm-hmm. was quarterbacking a playoff team. Like, wait a minute. Like you have to start looking at it realistically. I mean. Sure, last year sucked. He was the MVP of the league, of course. Mm-hmm. But that's, okay, he had one bad start. The other one, you know, and actually, to be honest with you, against the Chargers, he actually made that little push late that, yeah. you know, kind of brought the Ravens back in, a, sort of, not really, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. sort of right. brought him back in, in a little bit. So, um, I don't know. I mean, it, but that said, I mean, I'd love for that to stop being any kind of conversation. So, hopefully he... He comes out, and you know it'd be great if certainly if we beat the Titans. But in the very least, uh, for Lamar, you know, just have a have a Lamar game. You know, be Lamar, do everything you Lamar does, and usually that means the Ravens win. So mm-hmm. if if Lamar is Lamar, I think good things will happen. But even if that doesn't, you know, follow suit, at least at least that that performance factor in the playoffs will be put to bed. Yes. Yeah, that's 
it's a good point. Uh, do you have anything else to add here, um, or should we get into a prediction? Let's just say that that I was I was starting to think about the Titans earlier today. I love the fact that the Titans are kind of now one of the teams that we will face again in big games. Because I'll be honest with you, I think I've talked about this before, T- before TK. They were, I mean, at least in my opinion, I'm sure a lot of the Ravens fans will agree. Back in the day, I mean, back in like 2000, mm-hmm. the Titans were like our rival. Forget about yeah. the Steelers, forget about any of these other teams, the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots weren't even the Patriots yet at that point. God, that was 21 mm-hmm. years ago. Okay. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, the, it was great to hate the Titans with Jeff Fisher and and uh, Eddie George. And, oh, yeah. dude, I hated that team Steve so McNair. much, man. Steve McNair. Oh, it's I really had mixed feelings when McNair became a Raven because I hated the Titans with a passion. So that said, it's kind of good to have that back. You know, it's like an old friend returning. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just nice to history is, is coming back and then, you know, and hopefully, you know, whether it be Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison, Chris Board. Whoever, hopefully they make Derrick Henry their bitch, like Ray Lewis made Eddie George. Well, it was it was Deshaun Elliott last time. That's right. Um, yeah. Except he still he 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 won wow. a game later. So that that yes. he didn't really he he yeah. he had a bitch making tackle, but mm-hmm. it just didn't make a bitch out of Derrick Henry. If that makes yeah, sense. yeah, I'm not sure that's that's gonna happen, but yeah. All right, let's get into a prediction. What What do you have? Give me the score. Give me a uh, maybe. Give me a game script. Who game script? I like it. I like it. Um. All right. First half is gonna be a bit of a you know feeling out period. You know we're gonna end up going to halftime. It's gonna be like thirteen to ten. The Titans. You know something like that. But then it's just going to get crazy in the second half. And I think the Ravens win 41-38. Oh, man. Very high scoring. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you that it's going to be a little bit of a, a clunker of a first half. Maybe, I think, uh, you know, maybe a couple big plays, but mostly it's going to be pretty boring. Um, and then the second half will be a bit of a, a slugfest, a little back and forth. Um, I have the Ravens, too, and it's not just because I'm a Ravens fan. I think that we're uh, just hot right now, and we have the opportunity to go on the road and beat them uh, in, in, ten, in Nashville. I think I got Ravens 34, Titans 31. Oh, I like that. I like it. We're both we're both a field goal field goal difference here. Yep, yep. So then that that opens up a few possibilities depending on what happens in the other games, if the Ravens are going to play the Chiefs or next or not. Um, If they are the lowest seed remaining, they will. Uh, But that is yet to be seen. Man, this was a fun episode, man. It was nice to look back at the whole season. Um, Nice to uh, you know look forward to this. Very, very 
uh, anxiety-inducing <laughs> wildcard matchup against time, the Titans. Dude. You know, Big I'm not the most comfortable time. I've ever been uh, no. thinking about this game, but um, no. it'll be fun, man. It, it, it'll this these are always good games. Uh, despite the Titans, you know, winning in the playoffs last year, this this regular season game was was very entertaining, and I think that um, you know, with a couple more healthy bodies, uh, the Ravens the Ravens yeah. uh, might be able to take them down in their house. So, uh, do you want to sign us off? Well, everybody, uh, you know, despite the uh, interesting news we're dealing with on this Wednesday evening that we talked about earlier, keep your heads up out there and uh, keep following the Ravens. And let's get excited. Let's get fired up for Sunday and screw the Titans. Screw everything about Tennessee. They suck. And let's go Ravens. Go Ravens.